Hello, I'm Helen Gurley Brown, and I wrote a book called Sex and the Single Girl. I had so many things left over to say, not necessarily to single girls, but to married girls and men, that I'm putting some of them on this record. A secretary offers the only kind of polygamy we recognize in this country, the chance to have a second wife at the same time you have your first one and not go to jail. Never marry a girl with more trouble or less money than you have. Is your pretty pauper really doing everything she can about getting solvent, or is she just sitting on her pretty pauper's fanny expecting you to be the one from whom all blessings flow? This is America. She can get a job and be just as successful as you are. It happens all the time. Another time you may want to say no is when she wants to get married, and you don't. This is assuming, of course, that you aren't already married, so there seems to be no first-rate reason why you're turning her down. I haven't any statistics about wives who have affairs. I wouldn't trust the statistics if I had them. It's supposed to be so terribly, terribly wicked for a wife to cheat that I can't imagine any wife telling the truth even to a Kenzie team. But I personally know some wives who do cheat, or have cheated, and all of them, with one exception, are still married to the husbands they cheated on. I think a little something about it being nice to be there might be in order. You know how men are, insecure to the bone. Even if you've been dragged kicking and screaming and clawing and scratching every inch of the way, it's really only polite to acknowledge pleasure once you get there. Of course, if you just quit kicking and scratching, he'll probably get the message. Now, after all, if you didn't really want to be there, you wouldn't be. You could have uh, locked yourself in the bathroom and waited to be discovered with a cleaning woman.
Welcome to Anything, Anything. I'm Rich Russo. This is your weekly two-hour ass-kicking, band-breaking, genre-busting, multi-station orgasmic, free-form radio extravaganza broadcasting from New Jersey. And two sides of the female coin there begin us off. Helen Gurley Brown, obviously an influence on the women of the world with Cosmopolitan Magazine and her books, which of course led to Sex in the City. She passed away this week at age 90. We heard from her 1963 album, a spoken word masterpiece of sorts, yet a somewhat disturbing view of that time in our country regarding women as she talks about affairs, secretaries, some brute force, amongst other things. And later on, we'll hear an even more baffling and disturbing disturbing segment from that album. And then, Pussy Riot from Russia. With Putin lights the fires, there has been endless coverage of their plight, and social media is abuzz with the perceived injustice to them. This is where I stand on this. It's And it's not the same belief as many of those who feel these girls were wronged. And as usual... I'm going to step in and be the voice of logic, and let's be perfectly clear. Regardless of how we feel about the laws of another country, their laws are their laws. And I, and do I believe that these girls were, they got these girls on a technicality? Yes. But it's just like catching Al Capone on tax evasion to a degree. They broke a law, and regardless of whether that law is inane or not, it's still on the books there. I'm not quite sure if a bunch of people in ski masks walked up to the altar at St. Patrick's or at a temple or a mosque would be received very well here either. Or how about if they did that on an airport or on a plane? But this is uh, from legal expert Peter Maggs, who said, Russian legal code identifies two types of hooliganism, petty and criminal. Petty hooliganism is more like disorderly conduct here, where 90% of those convicted of this offense are like obnoxious drunks. The punishment is usually a fine or a brief, or brief imprisonment. Criminal criminal hooliganism is much more serious. It has to be a gross violation of the public order, showing a disrespect for society. It must involve weapons or object, objects used as weapons or be done from motives of political, ideological, racial, national, or religious hatred or hatred, hatred towards a social group. It can carry a sentence of up to five years if committed by an individual or seven years if committed by an organized group. The band was convicted of criminal hooliganism because of their performance in a church disrupted the peace of a religious institution. And yes, it did. That's the law. The band knew exactly what they were doing. They premeditated it. They had film crews on hand and even released a song, that we that song we just heard by them, the day they were sentenced. Kim Kardashian would be proud of their PR prowess coming from being a no-talent nobody to becoming a worldwide buzz celebrity. Sadly, in Pussy Riot's case, there was no sex tape. The band could have easily done their thing elsewhere but a church without breaking a law that they were admittedly aware of. One of the members even said she didn't think the sentence would be this harsh, therefore knowing it was a crime. And by the way, they have small children. And what mother knowingly commits a crime they are planning on publicizing, which has the possibility of separating them from their children? This isn't a welfare mom stealing food from a market to put food on the table for her children. This was a premeditated crime with a video shot, a PR firm lined up, and a song ready to release. Laws and sentencing are deterrents. And are supposed to be. And yes, as inane as this is to us, there will not be any other Russian protests like this. The precedent has been set. It's jail. Unlike here, where we are spoiled by high-powered lawyers and the more affluent you are, the better you are treated in our legal system, which is why somebody like Paris Hilton can get busted for possession of cocaine and not get any jail time 
and it becomes a late-night TV joke, but the guy on the gritty streets of the low-income urban area will get jail time for possessing less coke than Paris Hilton did. That is an injustice. And then with Twitter, etc., it's retweet after retweet, free pussy riot. It's just a lazy way of piling on. If this was such a grave, inhumane justice that a country has a law that someone intentionally broke as a publicity stunt, yes, if you film a crime and circulate it yourself, it's a publicity stunt. So where is the Kickstarter campaign to raise money for a plane full full of people to fly to Russia, don ski masks, and replicate what this band did? Come on, put your money where your mouth is, celebrities. Go to Russia and do it. Well, we all know that ain't happening. So there you have it. It's not very punk at all. Tuesday is the birthday of one of the most important punk rockers of all time, Joe Strummer. And he let his songs do the talking. And in this case, we're going to let one of his cover versions with The Clash do the talking about Pussy Riot. This is The Clash covering a song made famous first by the Bobby Fuller 4, I Fought the Law on Anything Anything. (laughs) 